Hello, Freedom Fighters. Thank you for listening. This audio interview is brought to you by Open World Magazine, the ultimate guide for pursuing a life of adventure and passion and setting up a location-independent business that can support your dream lifestyle. Go check us out at openworldmag.com. Hello, my name is Danny Flood, and thank you for listening to another new episode of the Open World Podcast. If you're looking to break free and gain greater personal autonomy in your life, then I'm sure you're going to love this interview. I'm joined by the one and only Johnny F.D. He's kind of an OG in a location-independent community. Another guest that we've had on this show, Ben Finnegan, in episode 21, attributed Johnny F.D. and his work for really helping him along on his dropshipping path and his, his journey as a digital nomad. And Johnny's podcast, the Travel Like a Boss podcast, features entrepreneurs who are truly living a four-hour workweek lifestyle, starting online businesses, especially in dropshipping, e-commerce, information products, and so forth. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We're also going to talk a little bit about Johnny's story, uh, hear how he reached where he is now, where he's just living life to the fullest, following his passion, uh, inspiring thousands of people, and flying first class around the world. He's truly someone who lives what he preaches, and it's a pleasure and an honor to have him on the show today. I'm excited for this show. Johnny, welcome. Hey, thanks, to Danny. Really, really happy to be on the show. Uh, excited to be here. And uh, to right now, I'm actually in South Africa. I flew business class here. Uh, not quite at the first class range yet, but that is a goal <laughs> on my list, uh, which is pretty cool because, you know, just like two years ago, I was barely able to afford to fly coach. And I would have happily flew standby if that was a possibility. So uh, I'm very happy to be at that point. And hopefully, if everyone follows my journey for another two years, I will be flying first class. <laughs> You're definitely someone who's, who's paid his dues and kind of worked his way up. I, I saw on your blog that um, you were you had like $200 left in your account. And then uh, like a, not long after, you had 20000 in your account. So you really like worked hard for what you have. And um I'm really excited to interview you about your journey getting to where you are now. Uh, I'd like you to tell me and the listener, give me a little bit of backstory. You know, what was your story like and, and how did you end up taking this path? So it was all accidental. I, I grew up in San Francisco. I went to school down in Southern California. And I thought that was, you know, the, the great life. That, that was everything I wanted to achieve or t- for a good uh, corporate job. And when I went to Thailand, it was completely just by chance. I went there for three weeks, just on vacation. And I ended up just falling in love with the freedom, I would say, but more than anything, you know, it was, it was just so much easier to walk around in shorts and flip flops and, you know, a $2 t-shirt than trying to impress uh, everyone in California, you know, with the latest clothes and the newest car. And I think it was, it was more, you know, just that, that feeling of this is, this is a different life, you know? And I never, I never would have experienced that if I didn't go on that first trip. Um, all you know, everything else with being able to make money uh, while traveling, you know, being able to make money online, uh, location independently. That that all came as an accident almost. But I think that first step was you know just getting out there into the world. Um, never really traveled as a kid, and that you know even going to New York for my first time when I was I think I was 25 or something. And I mean that to me was such a big deal. So now that I'm flying you know from Thailand to to South Africa, to Europe, you know, to Australia. It, it's it's almost like a life that almost never happened. 
And it's well earned. And also, I think we have that in common, too, because I remember that exact emotion that I felt when I also came to Thailand the first time. And um, I think I remember the exact moment when I when I rented a motorbike for like five dollars for the whole day. And I'm, I'm going like around Chiang Mai to, you know, Joy Su Tep and stuff. And I just felt so alive and free, you know, and I felt like all of my all of the things that I like all the dreams I had, like everything I put on the shelf, like suddenly I could engage in it. I could, I could do it. And it felt amazing. Do you feel that way too? Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's crazy that like the things that we will do, you know, pretty much every other weekend while living in a place like Chiang Mai, Thailand, or, you know, traveling around Southeast Asia are things that people put on their bucket list to do and, and might, you know, plan for six months in advance. Uh, and for example, um, a few weeks ago, I went ATVing in the jungle up, up in Chiang Mai, and we didn't decide to do it until the night before. We just thought, hey, you know, that might be fun to do. It's uh, it's the weekend, and we just called up, you know, any old tour company that we that had good reviews. And the very next day, you know, even though neither of us had uh, driven ATVs, we were racing through the jungle. And afterwards, I thought, man, this is some this is like a lifetime experience for a lot of people. And now it's just, it literally is, what, what do we want to do this weekend? <laughs> you seem like someone who just, like, follows his passion or just follows his gut, you know, like, really impulsive. If there's something you want, you just go after it. Uh, do, do you feel like, um, was it a deliberate process to, to kind of get where you are? I mean, did you, did you read the four-hour work week and you're, like, dreaming about doing stuff like this and, and just kind of, like, planning it all out? So the first, I actually read the book a few times. Uh, at the first I think it was right when it came out, someone recommended it and I read it and I didn't really think it was possible for me. I thought it was a cool story for, for someone else, but I didn't think it was something that I could personally do. And what I took out of it was actually just the, I think it was the elimination chapter where I decided, you know what, maybe I don't need Netflix. Maybe I don't need um, all these other things. Maybe I can eliminate some of the stress and these, and these extra costs in my life. Uh, and it wasn't until I think I read it the second or third time that I start believing, you know, I said, hey, maybe I can live location independently. Maybe I can start doing these things. And unfortunately, you know, I didn't have the mindset in the beginning where I can actually make enough money to do this full time. My mindset was maybe I can save enough money in my job in the U.S. or come back every, you know, every few months or every summer, save up money and then live cheaply in a place like Thailand. Uh, and I wish I can say that I had this foresight that I was smart enough to know, hey, it really is possible to, to make money location independently and just do this full time. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I think when I started, Tim Ferriss was literally the only person I knew. Well, you know, I, I didn't even know him in person, just read his book that is doing this. And now it's so much easier with, you know, blogs like mine and other people who have documented exactly what they've done from from the beginning. Yeah, it's crazy. Everywhere I go uh, here in Bangkok, you know, pretty much around this area, uh, whenever I go to a Starbucks or anything, I see people uh, working online. It seems like all these people have online businesses these days. And um, I, I never realized that it was it was like that in the beginning. I always felt like it wasn't possible, like it was it was for other people, but not me. And I, and I just feel like um, especially making money online, like getting paid by somebody you don't even know. Like I, I didn't even think it was possible. I didn't realize how big the market was out there. And I always thought that, you know, you had to meet someone face to face and then sign a contract and stuff like that. And so I think I think what happened like with me, like I kind of got dragged kicking and screaming into this. I think that I had like as soon as I got those first early wins that, that this is actually possible, that people will, will pay me through like a, a, a portal like pay, PayPal or Amazon. 
um, I think that was kind of the start for me. So were there some early wins for you that uh, really helped you to, that you, that you really built upon? Well, the first thing I ever made money on was my book. It was called 12 Weeks in Thailand. And I had written it while I was training at this Muay Thai gym, uh, which is Thai kickboxing. And it was kind of the, the end. It was going to be the end of my, my travels. I, you know, I had been traveling at that time for about four years and my money ran, you know, completely ran out. I think at that point I had a couple hundred bucks left in my account and I didn't have enough money to even fly home to the U.S. So I started, you know, I called my cousin. And I said, hey, if I need to borrow, you know, a thousand dollars so I can buy a plane ticket, um, you know, can you do that? And at the time he was the most wealthy person I knew, you know, he's a lawyer uh, in San Francisco. So I assumed, you know, to him, it wouldn't be a big deal. Cause you know, we're, we're, we're close and he knows that I would pay him back. So it wasn't, had nothing to do with that. He literally said to me, he's like, yeah, I'm happy to loan you the money, uh, but you have to give me a few months to scrape it together. And that really blew my mind. I was thinking, He's the richest person I know. He makes $100,000 a year. He lives in San Francisco. He's a lawyer. Um, why, why does he need that much time to script $200,000? I, I would have just assumed he had that laying around. And at that moment, I realized, what, what life am I trying to go back to? Why am I giving this life up here uh, to, to go back to the rat race? And that's when I decided to write a book called 12 Weeks in Thailand, The Good Life on the Cheap, to document you know, how I quit my job, how I managed to live off of $600 a month while traveling on Thailand. And I wrote about my journey, uh, not only as a budget traveler, but training at different Muay Thai gyms around Thailand, uh, fighting professionally there, learning how to scuba dive, and then eventually being a dive master and teaching scuba diving uh, while traveling around as well. Were you afraid at all at that point when you only had $200 left? Were you, were you like, holy shit, how am I going to survive? And, and how did you scrape your way out of that? You know, I have to thank, thank uh, Tim Ferriss for that. I mean, in the book for our work week, he mentions a very key phrase that has helped me many times. He's always said, if everything goes wrong, you, you know, you're completely out of money. What is the worst thing that could happen? And how long would it take you to recover your life back to, back to par? And I figured, you know what? I don't want to put this plane ticket on my credit card because the interest was like 18% or 25% or something ridiculous. I'd rather borrow it from a, a friend or a relative. But if I had to, you know, I can do that. You know, I'm not going to get stuck in Thailand. You know, there's always a way to get home. Uh, I don't want to move back in with my parents because I was 30 years old at the time. But if I had to, you know, I can do that while finding another job. And to me, it wasn't the fear of anything dangerous or anything, you know, you know, or getting stuck out here, it was more the fear of having to go back and live with my parents or live with, you know, uh, a friend and get a job that maybe I wouldn't love uh, and have to work off that debt again. You know, to me, it was, that was a fear. It, it was never a fear of, of anything, you know, like, that would be devastating in life. And, and that's actually happened twice, you know, that wasn't the, the first time I, I ran out of money. Um, I think when I had the, the $200 in my account, uh, that was when I was in Chiang Mai after, after all that. And I had decided, you know, I needed, I need to make more money than just selling this book. I, I need a, you know, cause eBooks are great sources of passive income. And, you know, all, you know obviously there are people who, who make a lot of money selling books, but for me, it was always going to be a couple hundred bucks a month. That was kind of the limit of writing a, a very, you know, niche specific book about, you know, living in Thailand as a Muay Thai fighter and living on a budget. Um, I knew it was never going to be more than a couple hundred bucks a month. And 
it was then that I decided I need to do a, a real business. And that's how, when I got into e-commerce, that's when I got into drop shipping. Uh, and it was a bit scary in the beginning because I didn't know if it was really going to work because I had only met one person who did it. This guy named Anton, but he was a very genuine guy. Uh, we became, you know, uh, pretty close friends and I saw how well he was doing and that the fact that he had a new course teaching how to do it, I figured, you know what, this is my, my shot. This is, you know, this is my, my chance. I'm, I'm out of money and I had a couple hundred bucks left. And I thought, I'm not scared of this failing. I'm scared of me not trying. Okay, so there was there was never any fear like um, I might be sleeping on the sidewalk or anything like that. You kind of really stared the fear in the face and just said it's it's not that bad, really. It's it's if this happens, I mean, there's there's always going to be a solution, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I heard a quote once that they said that I think like 97 percent of the things we worry about never actually happen. Right. But do you think that's the thing that, that holds most people back? I mean, most people have these really abstract fears or, of just anything, you know, anything that feels uncomfortable, anything unconventional or, or different, I guess. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's the fear of the unknown, which is why it was so important that I did read for our work week and why so many people after reading either 12 Weeks in Thailand or my new book, Life Changes Quick, or even just, just following my blog, it, it kind of eases some of their fear because – now they've seen, well, not only did Tim Ferriss do it, but this random guy named Johnny did it. So, you know, why, why not me? So what did you spend that last $200 on? Was that the, the dropshipping course that you mentioned uh, by Anton? So I think at that time, I, you know, I probably had a couple – I had more than a couple hundred bucks. It was definitely less mm -hmm. than a thousand. Uh, but I think the 200 was when I kind of hit rock bottom. That, that's the, the moment I was like, I need to get this to work. Um, so to be fair, I had already bought the course and I already had, you know, I paid rent for the month, which wasn't that much. It was like, I was living in a really cheap place. It was about 150 bucks a month. Uh, so, so that you had, you $200, had net, uh, you had a safety net then of maybe like two or three weeks that you can make that last, right? Exactly. And yeah. you know, if I had to, you know, I'm, I'm sure I could have borrowed money from my, my family or put something on a credit card, but you know, I, I knew that I can, I can live as cheap as possible uh, until this works. And at the time, I think I was already a month into building my store. Um, and it was it was kind of down to the wire because it took me two months um, from when I signed up for Anton's course and I started going through it and I started building my store till I actually made my first sale. But the great thing about it is pretty much since you know that first day that I made a sale, I was able to, to not only live in Thailand, but eventually replace my nine to five income. Okay, and so uh, tell me a little bit about that because you have a um, – on your blog, johnnyfd.com, you have a kind of a blueprint, and you're really big on uh, dropshipping, especially that course that you mentioned. Uh, but, but tell me a little bit about how you set it up and, and what, what were the steps? What were you selling here? Yeah, so 100%. Um, so I never heard about dropshipping until pretty much that day, and I only met up with Anton because I wanted to you know, meet other – people who are doing business online so I can figure out how to market my, my ebook better. I wanted to pick their brains about online, you know, business in general, online marketing in general. But when he told me that he does something called dropshipping, I was really curious because I've always wanted to sell a physical product. So even though I make more money selling a PDF version of my book, I have uh, paperbacks available uh, just because I like the idea of people physically having um, something they ordered in their hands. You know, to me, I think the, the day that I really know I've made it is when I see my book, you know, in paperback form, 
um, by a stranger somewhere on the street, you know? And that's why when he told me that he sells physical goods, so he sells different uh, niche furniture items, um, and he's able to do it while traveling and while living overseas, that really intrigued me. So the way that dropshipping works is you basically become an authorized dealer for a brand, uh, you know, and, and let's say it's a brand of leather couches. Uh, and instead of you warehousing it in your store, they will keep it in their warehouse as the manufacturer. And all you have to do is send them an email saying, hey, you know, this customer at this address ordered this item. Can you ship it to them directly instead of shipping it first to me and then having me ship it to them? And with drop shipping, you know, generally they'll give you slightly lower margins than if you had bought bought a hundred pieces um, in bulk and then stored it. But on these expensive items, you know, these items are five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. Even if you're making twenty five percent on it, uh, it's still you know pretty good money, and you're able to to do it from anywhere. Okay, awesome. And um, what are some things that you've learned about uh, drop shipping that uh, were influential in, in success that most people don't know about, or where do most people fail in this business? I think most people fail because they spend way too much time on things like niche selection, you know, trying to find the products to, to sell, or even finding the, the suppliers before they even understand the whole process. And I think that's where the course comes in the most handy, is it's not the I don't even think it's the big, you know, thing. There's almost no like magic pills or magic bullets uh, inside the course. It's more just having a step-by-step process that's in the correct order. So everyone who, you know, who struggles finding a product to sell, finding a niche to sell, that hasn't even, you know, kind of gone through the whole process yet. I, I think they're, it's almost like they're chasing the the wrong tree. Like you know, someone's asking. You know, it's almost like someone asking, um, "How can I?" achieve X goal before they even had the, the foundations of the basics. Um, so I would say th- there is really no magic bullets. I mean, you know, all of my stores are pretty basic. I just kind of follow the, the, the formula he talks about. Um, I think the only thing I do personally different than a lot of other people is I only sell products that I've personally used or bought uh, in the past. And the reason why I do it is because even though you technically don't need to know, I mean, you know, it is an online store. Um, so you do have that buffer. So if someone sends an email and asks you a question, you can always forward that question to the supplier and ask them about it, or you can Google the answer. But for me, you know, I feel like there's, uh, I could add more unique value if it's a product that I personally used that I either had trouble finding, uh, in store or, you know, finding the right variety, you know, a variety for, uh, and if someone does have a question, I'm able to really answer it. Or even just write, when I write the, the descriptions uh, on the web page, I can write it from a point of view of someone who actually uses the product. I see. So you said that you only use products that you actually are interested in and that you enjoy. Um, and also that um, your friend Anton, I think that's AntonMethod.com, he's created yep. the blueprint. The blueprint. Just, just follow the blueprint. Don't try to get cute with it, right? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And, and it's so it's it's Anton uh, AntonMethod.com. Anton. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did did you fail at some of these ventures, or was the success pretty immediate? Do you see immediate success, or? Um, I mean, like like I said, it took two months to make mm-hmm. my first sale, and I think that's pretty normal because there's a members forum in there where people kind of share their success stories, and you know, m- most people just you know they ask questions, they they have their ups and downs, and in the beginning, it's it's always there's always doubt. And for me, for all of my stores, I have my doubts as well. You know, even for my latest store, which me and my girlfriend built just a few, um, was it 
yeah, I guess earlier this year, we doubted it. We were thinking, oh, maybe this is about a niche. Maybe, um, you know, maybe this time around it's not going to work. But I think it's one of those things if you just follow the system and you just keep plugging away, everything does work. You know, so even the people who, let's say they fail in the first niche and they're successful in the second, I almost think that pretty much everything, as long as it fits Anton's criteria uh, and you did the proper research and everything, uh, everything works. I mean, if somebody's buying it from somewhere, if someone's buying it from Amazon or they're buying it from another web store, why wouldn't they buy it from you? Okay, so the key is to just really be objective. Uh, don't, don't doubt yourself. Don't bring your, your personal feelings into the business, right? Yeah, exactly. So I actually recorded a, a short video uh, a few weeks ago when I was I was rock climbing. I was in Krabi, Thailand, uh, and there was this 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 route that was you know was pretty high. And I haven't been rock climbing in a while, so I wasn't that prepared. But I had made sure I was like, okay, I'm gonna make sure I'm in decent shape. I'm gonna make sure I double check all the equipment. Uh, but once I start climbing that's it. I'm committed. You know, I can't start doubting the equipment halfway up. I can't start doubting my physical fitness halfway up because then you're never going to make it. You know, if anything, you're going to put yourself in a worse position than if you just go for it. So when I got to the top, I wanted to enjoy the view because you could see the entire island from there. We were on Krabi, this place called Raleigh, which is a, a mecca for, for outdoor rock climbers. And when I was up there, I actually recorded a short video, which I'm going to put on my blog pretty soon. Um, and it's just me saying, you know, with any kind of business, you know, yes, do your due diligence before, you know, do your research before, but once you commit to it, see it through all the way. You know, don't start downing yourself or the tools or the method halfway up. Uh, if you've already committed to it, you know, go all the way up and then, you know, once, you, once you've reached the goal, then think about, okay, you know, is this something I want to continue doing? Is this something that was worth the, the time and effort? Um, and do I want to do this again and again? Or is this something that, you know, I gave it my all, I had my success, and then I can move on to the next project. That's a great analogy, by the way. So when you're up there on that rock, uh, don't start doubting yourself. Don't look down. Otherwise, your, your knees are going to start shaking. You're going to fall, basically. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, so you seem really confident now. Was it always this way? I mean, what, what, how did you build up this, this level of confidence so that you could uh, to do this and do what you do? So it's funny because uh, I, I actually just heard uh, a speech by a guy who, who's, who's a business confidence coach, and the reason why I didn't like it is he preaches to be confident just because you know, and 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 I think there's you know there's a lot of truth in it. Where wherever you are, you're probably good enough for a lot of things, so you should never put yourself down for no reason. Uh, but I also believe that confidence is earned. You know, it's very. A lot of times you see people who either just aren't confident at all, but maybe they deserve to be a little bit more confident. But then at the same time, you see a lot of people who are just delusionally confident for that they don't actually know what they're talking about. They don't they haven't actually uh, experienced anything and they are confident regardless. Uh, and that actually gets people in a lot of trouble. So what I believe in is you have to earn the confidence. So for example, with um with rock climbing. You know, how do you earn confidence rock climbing? You, you don't just go there and delusionally think you're the best in the world, climb without a harness to the hardest route and then hurt yourself. You want to earn that confidence by saying, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do the shorter route. That's easier. Uh, I'm going to get to the top. I'm going to come back down safely. And then that's not my belt. Now I know this, not only did this method work, I know my body can handle it. Now let me go, you know, go to the next step. And then once you've gotten to, 
you know, a certain level, a certain grade, you know that you can always do at least that level. So your confidence has been earned up to that level, you know, and for me, for business, that's exactly what I do. You know, the first thing I, I do is I, I, I have a small goal. I say, can I make a hundred dollars online with this business? And as long as I can make a hundred dollars, I know I can repeat that. So I use an app called uh, Momentum Dash. It's a, it's a plugin for Chrome. It's a beautiful screensaver that every time you open a new tab, it has a new background, new, new you know, quote for the day, but also lets you put in your, your focus of the day, your, your goal for the day. And I used to write on there every single day, make $100 online today. And that was my goal for the longest time. And the reason why I picked that number is if you divide, you know, if you divide 30 days or you multiply 30 days by 100, that's $3,000 a month. And that's what I used to get paid at my my normal nine to five job back in the U.S. You know, and three thousand dollars a month is also the amount that you can live very very well, pretty much you know anywhere you want to travel in Southeast Asia. Um, I spend less than half of that now. You know, even though I'm making a lot more, uh, there's just not that much money. You know, much to spend money on when you're living in Thailand. So if you're making three thousand a month, you know, you can spend a thousand of it or twelve hundred of it, and then stash away the rest of it. So for me, you know, to get that confidence, once I started making a hundred dollars um, a day, <clears throat> all I had to do was repeat that and say, okay, if I can do that once, why not do it every day? And then to get to the next level of confidence, you know, I increased that goal. I started writing, you know, make $300 a day and I didn't always hit it. Um, and there's some days I still don't hit it, but then there's some days I make up for it. And, and now I know 100% that I've earned the confidence where I know if worse comes to worse, I can at least make a hundred dollars a day because I've gotten to that level. Uh, and what's great about that is I really genuinely believe that once you level up, you have that for life. Okay. So, so let me ask you then, because uh, I'm going to ask you personally, because sometimes you can create a product and, uh, you, you, you send out a blast to your email list, for example, and maybe you'll make like $200, Five hundred dollars in sales, and then and then the sales will kind of drop, you know. So so what I think that marketing is the most important uh, skill to have to succeed in online business. Um, what what did you try, and, and what was really working well for you when uh, you were trying to go from uh, get a hundred dollars a day or uh, three hundred dollars a day? I know that uh, Ben Finnegan, when I talked to him, he said that. Uh, Putting videos of himself on all of his products uh, worked really well because he, he differentiated himself with through the branding. Uh, but I'm I'm curious to know like like what are some things that you tried and, and what really worked well for you? Yes, yeah, so the, the way I think of it is I put myself in the, the customer's point of view. You know, I'm I'm really big on customer psychology. I asked myself if I was a customer and I landed on this page, would I buy this? You know, I, I, then I would ask myself, why would I buy it from from me? and not from Amazon or not from somewhere else. And for a lot of products, you know, even though Amazon has a lot going for them, you know, they all, you know, they have good customer service. They have this big brand name. Um, they have free shipping, all the stuff, you know, can I match that? Yeah, definitely. You know, especially if, if I'm only selling a hundred niche products, um, versus they're selling everything under the world. So what can I do that Amazon can't do is I can really make myself an expert on those hundred products I'm selling. So, for example, you know, we're both using podcast mics right now to record this. And even though I bought my podcast mic from Amazon, uh, there's a lot of people who don't know exactly the model they want. You know, they, maybe they want to start podcasting or they start, you know, they want uh, to have a better mic for, for video. 
So what they do is they start researching, they start Googling it. And if you land on Amazon's page uh, for, for the mic, you know, for let's say the Blue Yeti mic, which is the one I use, it doesn't give you that much information. It gives you the stock um, you know, recommendations, the, the, the features from the manufacturer. But because Amazon is not an expert in podcasting or in podcast mics, they can't really speak to the customer. So what I can do is I can have on my site a very unique description that's written from a user. I can say the reason why I like this mic so much is, you know, it's the only mic that you know is great for not only uh, a single person using it, but also if you have a group. So if you're ever doing a group interview, all you have to do is switch the setting uh, to either the bi-directional, omnidirectional. And you can include four people or even six people in your interview. Uh, it's also great to travel with because it folds down. And, you know, this mic is the one that's used by, you know, and I can give examples. Like, say, Pat Flynn uses it. You know, Johnny FD uses it. You know, you know, and to me, that's adding real value. You know, it's easy to match the price. It's easy to match promotions like free shipping. Uh, but big companies, they can't take the time to, you know, to individually uh, make these products stand out. And with the video, you know, the same thing, you know, you know, the reason why Zappos got, you know, destroyed Amazon and, and shoe sales is because they took the time to make individual product reviews and uh, videos for every one of their shoes. And Amazon did not have time or the energy to do that, which is why not only did they do so well, but eventually Amazon bought them out for millions of dollars. That's fantastic. So a big part of it comes down to what the customer perceives when they arrive on your website or on your page, and also that long tail aspect where the big companies, uh, they're too big to be able to focus on any specific area. So that's where you come in and you demonstrate that authority, that authority factor, um, and then you can really kind of become a, a trusted source, the go-to source for that. Is that right? Yeah, definitely, 100%. And I would say, mm -hmm. you know, as far as my own products, instead of me sitting on, sitting on an email blast trying to promote something, you know, every other week or every other month. Uh, if you look at my blog, the, you know, the only products that I've promoted, I've been promoting for, for two years now because there are things that I personally use. So, like, let, let's say, for example, I use Shopify for my, my e-commerce stores uh, or I'm a member of Anton's course or I use um, the Momentum Dash, you know, or I use, uh, you know, a web host for, for, for my websites those don't really change, you know, and because I continue to support and personally use these products, uh, people trust it. You know, no, nobody wants to, to listen to advice from someone who's going to promote a different thing every other week, because that usually means they're just in it for the money that they don't really, you know, it's not something that they're personally using. You know, if I, if I started promoting, um, a different web host every other week, you know, just, you know, just to get signups, uh, versus me saying, you know what, I've been with these guys for the last two years. This is who I use. And this is what I recommend to me. That's a big difference. Excellent. Great. That was some great advice there. Uh, so let me ask you if, uh, I know that you're doing uh, content marketing as well. Now you're, you're doing uh, your podcasts. You also have a blog, uh, but you started out in drop shipping, which business model do you recommend the most? I mean, do you recommend people start out with drop shipping or, or how do they choose? Like if they're, they're still on the fence, they haven't started yet. Um, do you, do you, are you, do you condone like podcasting and blogging or do you, you, you recommend most people start out with drop shipping? 
So the reason why I recommend everyone starts out with dropshipping is because it's a lot more straightforward. You know, when you want to sell a physical product, you can conceptualize it in your mind. Uh, who's going to buy it? At what price they're going to they're going to buy it? What's the value of it? So, using the mic for example, I know that mic is worth hundred and twenty nine dollars because that's what they sell it for on Amazon. That's what I bought it for. That's what you know other websites sell it for. And because it's a good mic, I know that's what it's worth. And it's very easy to get my customers to buy that for one hundred twenty nine dollars uh, because it's a kind of a set established price. For me to market it, it's also very straightforward. You know, I can go through Anton's course and figure out how to build uh, a website, how to get approved by the supplier for it, um, how to set up, you know, either like promotions, uh, how to get traffic to it, how to get reviews, you know, things like that. It's very straightforward. Uh, versus having a podcast or having a blog, it's it's more complicated than that. And even so, I actually have a course on that now. It's called Earnest Affiliate, uh, where I teach people how to set up a blog or a website, you know, uh, monetize it with affiliate offers, and you know, b- uh, build an audience, build, build traffic and trust. But I tell people in the very first video, in the sales video, I say, look, you know, this might take you two months, it might take you six months, it might take you a year, because content marketing is is all over the place. You have no idea how long it's going to take to build an audience. Uh, I would say people that follow my blog, most of them who end up buying something have been following it for six months, you know, before they buy anything. And once they do and they realize, hey, you know, what Johnny recommends generally works, now I'm going to buy everything else he he recommends as well, especially because he's been recommending the same things for two years. Uh, that's when my income comes in. And that's why just, I think, about a month or two ago, um, my income from my blogs and my podcasts, my uh, my affiliate income has now surpassed what I've been making from dropshipping. But for the first year and a half, you know, the majority of my income came from dropshipping. It's just because that was so much easier to and more straightforward to set up uh, in the start. And that's why I recommend everyone start with something like dropshipping. Yeah, that's a great answer. So it's a lot less work, straightforward, less legwork involved. And um I know if you try to start other business types like a membership website, I mean, you have to learn all of these skills and you're kind of almost backpedaling, you know, because you have to you have to set up your website, you have to set up your autoresponder, you have to set up all these things, you have to learn programming, and you still haven't made a sale yet. Um, so so if you can take a lot of that, that extra legwork out, I think that's, that's really valuable. Uh, that's a good answer. Yeah, and, and what you just mentioned, you know, makes so much sense because, you know, you, you learn all the skills from – so let's say you start, start a dropshipping store even though you don't have to learn a program necessarily because you know, you're just using a template. So if you use you know, the store you – know, the, the web host I recommend, which is Shopify, it's a built-in e-commerce solution. Everything's built-in so you don't actually have to learn any, any program, any code. But you might have to learn small things like how to resize images for it to fit well. You know, maybe you might have to learn like very basic HTML if you just want to format your descriptions uh, nicer and have nice spacing or nice, you know, bolds. And um, let's say you want to add bullet points or something. So these things will translate to whatever online business you do in the future. Uh, but it's a lot less of it. So, you know, instead of learning um, how to how to code a whole website, you can just learn how to edit a template, which which is a million times easier. And it kind of goes back to that metaphor you said of leveling up uh, and building up your confidence, building up your skill set. It's almost like karate the way I see it. You know, you get that white belt, um, and as you get more experience, you, you know, you, you rise up, and then you can do more, I think. So that, that seems like a really great way for people to kind of earn their, their white, their yellow belt, and, and just kind of get their feet wet. Yeah, so 
Uh, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because so I am a white belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, but my the reason why I, I'm such a big advocate of that sport is I know it works. I know that when you get your next belt, which is the blue belt, that you are a legitimate blue belt, that you are going to be you know able to defend yourself compared to 99% of people out there who, who have never trained Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, it's funny that you bring up things like karate because a lot of other martial arts, it's so easy to get your next belt, your yellow belt, your brown belt, or even in some, you know, you can get your black belt without actually proving anything. And that's why I think it's so important to follow either a course or a system that genuinely works. Um, that is, you know, it's, and because it's so easy to, artificially level yourself up. So for example, as a kid, I did a martial art called Aikido. And even when I was you know, 10, I knew it was BS because for me to get my next belt, all I had to do was memorize this, you know, uh, this 20 step dance move. It was like a, it, it didn't actually prove anything. And to me, you know, there was no benefit of me getting, getting that next belt because it really didn't prove anything. You know, I could, there could be a black belt in, one of these other martial arts um, that would never be able to defend themselves in a street fight versus following a system like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which I know, you know, generally works. Anyone who's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I guarantee that they can hold their own uh, in, in, you know, against a random person, at, let's say at a bar or at a, you know, somewhere else where they got into a fight. So it's so important to find a system that generally works. So when you do earn that confidence, when you do level up that belt, you know, when you do have those results, it really does translate. Fantastic. So is that how you manage to stay so fit, uh, Johnny, while traveling, living abroad through martial arts? I, I know that it's, um, you're pretty, you're in pretty good shape. So I, I'm sure you probably get a lot of comments on that. But I know you've also uh, explored comments like body and uh, brain hacking. I, I know that you, you do some things like that. You, you focus on nutrition as well on your, on your podcast. Um, any advice you can share? Yeah, definitely. So actually, it's funny because under my recommended resources page on johnnyfd.com, I have a whole section about health and fitness, and I actually don't make any money from that section. Uh, I think I have maybe one or two books on there that I might make thirty cents if you if you bought it from my Amazon link, but it's definitely not a big part of my income. It's you know it's pennies. Uh, but the reason why I have it there is because I genuinely believe that when you are physically fit you become mentally fit. And when you have the physical and mental energy, you can build your business so much better. Uh, so when I first started my stores, I, every day at 4 PM, I would go to the gym, no, no matter what I would say, you know, even though I had just got this great niche idea, which I was tempted to stay and, and do the research on where I wanted to, you know, finish up, um, whatever I was doing four o'clock, force myself, pack up my laptop, go to the gym. And by having that, that routine, I always stayed in physical shape, which allowed me to have more energy, more mental clarity. So when I got back to work the next day, I would be able to, you know, use that time wisely versus when I'm not in shape, it's, you end up, you know, becoming lazy. You end up uh, having brain fog and the, your eight hours that you spend at work, you know, maybe only two of those are productive versus now, you know, that I do things like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I do Muay Thai, um, I do, you know, different, uh, routines, you know, like CrossFit style workouts that allows me to get eight hours of productivity out of the eight hours that I might spend, uh, at my laptop. 
Awesome. And if you guys are looking for that page, uh, go to johnnyfd.com, uh, Johnny's blog, and click on the resources link in the sidebar, and you can find all that stuff. Uh, Johnny, tell me some other highlights of your lifestyle. You're doing Muay Thai, you're doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, give, give me a taste of what, what your life is like. Well, so right now I'm actually <laughs> in South Africa, um, and only because my, my girlfriend's family is here, and she wanted to be around her family for, for a while. And I'm so lucky and fortunate that because my business is location independent, even though, you know, South Africa with its, it doesn't have the best internet, doesn't have the best infra- infrastructure, uh, doesn't have a big nomadic community. I'm, I can just come here, you know, and it's that, that's to me, you know, this cool lifestyle. So right now I'm actually kind of getting a taste of what it's like being back home. Cause we're just doing normal things, you know, we're, um, it's, it's restaurant week right now in South Africa. So we're, we get to go to all these amazing, you know, four and five star restaurants, uh, and they have these great specials. You can get like a three course meal for twenty dollars US, and South African wine is incredible, and it's only a couple dollars a glass or maybe ten dollars for a bottle. Uh, so I get to kind of live that lifestyle. When I'm back in Thailand, uh, I get to do things like Muay Thai, which is the, the Thai kickboxing, which is incredible. Uh, or for the weekends, I can go down to the islands and go scuba diving in you know warm, beautiful tropical water. Uh, swim with turtles and manta rays and rail sharks and all these cool things. But I think a lot of it, you know, that I enjoy is just meeting people from around the world. Uh, it's really opened my eyes on, and my perspective on different cultures. I mean, so any given day at the co-working space, you know, we'll go out to lunch with just whoever's sitting at the table. And there might be some people from the UK, from Australia, from Canada, you know, a few from the US, uh, people from Holland or, you know, other parts of Europe. And to me, that is that is the digital nomad lifestyle. You know, knowing that that we're able to have this freedom, uh, it almost feels like you're in college. You know, I would say that that's kind of the best way to describe it is you're at an international. You know, you're you're away at college, but you don't have classes, uh, and everybody has a bit of money, <laughs> and it just it just makes your life so much better. Yeah, that feeling of freedom is fantastic. I mean, you can't trade that for a million dollars. And to think that, you know, so many people think that they have to uh, sit in an office for 40 years just to get that freedom. I mean, it just, it blows my mind. Um, but you, you've definitely earned your freedom. And I just love how you're giving back and helping others on this path. And I, I really appreciate the value that you've brought to this podcast as well. I also want to ask you, you also offer an, uh, excuse me, an internship for People, you partner with a co-working space in Copignan uh, to help them uh, get a runway and with their expenses. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so one of the new co-working spaces that just opened up in Copignan called CoSpace, uh, they mentioned that they want, you know, they want to have just more people there to kind of start the community because currently there isn't a big community down there. And I volunteered. I said, you know, that's a great idea. I'm happy to talk about it on my, on my podcast and promote it. Um, so what they did was they selected... I believe it was eight people uh, who got, you know, their their accommodations paid for, uh, food paid for, and the free co-working space, so they can kind of bootstrap their business uh, and kind of get into the scene. Uh, so that internship actually just ended, and I don't think they're going to be doing another one just because it was actually a lot of work to, to train these people up. Um, there are other ones that are similar, like things like Remote Ear, where they take you around a different co-working spaces, uh, you know, throughout the you know throughout the year. I think you, in twelve months you go to twelve different countries. Um, which is funny because uh, Shopify actually contacted me, uh, wanted to sponsor me for it if I wanted to go on it, uh, because I am, you know, I'm a personal user of Shopify and I have a big blog. Uh, but I, 
turned it down. I think mainly because I think if I was just starting out, I would have loved to do it because it's a great way to, you know, to see the world, to meet other digital nomads uh, and be able to travel. But for me, I figure I could just do that on my own now because I know now enough people if through my travels where I can show up to Prague on my own, uh, go go to a co-working space on my own. And instead of being constricted to that one group of people and exactly 30 days, I can decide, okay, do I want to stay here for two months or three months, you know, or do I want to uh, head over to you know to Vienna or to to Berlin uh, because I'm bored of this place after a week. So um, I think. I, th- I think the idea of the internship was fantastic, and I'm really glad that we, we had it. But I don't want people thinking just because they missed it that they can't do this on their own. Because to be honest, uh, I think a few, I think one or two people dropped out of the internship uh, after a few weeks because they realized, hey, you know what? I was dreaming about how difficult this would be uh, when I was back home, but now that I'm here, I realize it's actually very easy to travel. It's very easy to join a co-working space is very easy to find local accommodation. Uh, so, you know, if you have either money saved up or you have some kind of remote job that you can work location independently, or if you're making money through your dropshipping store or, you know, whatever your online business is, uh, just show up. You, you don't, you don't need to be part of an internship. You don't need to be part of remote year. You can do it on your own. Yeah. I think people, uh, misunderstand just how easy it really is. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you show up to a co-working space and, and you have some, some skills, uh, if you can deliver some value and you can provide a service, I mean, there's probably people that would be willing to to hire you. And once you have your first clients, I mean, you've got everything you need. You're set. <laughs> so, but I, I really like that um, that you can also ease into it in case it, it takes you a little bit of time uh, to to get to the point where you're able to live off your your income. Um, I do know that there's the, the Tropical MBA internship in the Philippines, and then there's also uh, Mad Monkey Hostel, they, they do like a, a trade in, in Cambodia. Uh, so those are some things worth checking out. Uh, it's just about time to, to wrap this up. Johnny, is there anything else you wanted to, to add before we sign off? Yeah, I would say, you know, reread the 4-Hour Work Week because uh, <laughs> the first time I read it, I didn't really think it was possible for myself. So I didn't do the exercises. I just read through them. But if you read his book again, take a pen and paper and actually do the exercises, you know, write down what's going to happen if you, you know, everything goes, goes to, to heck and you have to rebuild again. How long is it going to take to rebuild? You know, do the elimination process and get rid of all the things that you don't need to be doing. Uh, you know, do the automation process where you can travel and not worry about your bills not being paid, not worry about things like that. And then the, the last part of it, you know, is figure out some kind of online business. It's, it's so much easier to build your online business, especially something like a dropshipping store while you're still home in your home country and you're on the normal time zone. Um, but I think for me, it was good because I was in Chiang Mai. It forced me to make sure it's 100% location dependent. You know, I just met a bunch of people at the dropshipping retreat last week that they, because they live in the U.S., they're still answering their own phone calls and their own emails for their store. And even though they're profitable for it, to them, they built themselves another job. Uh, and m- so my talk there was on how to manage customer service and manage an online business while traveling and being overseas, you know, through the use of automating a lot of things uh, and hiring VAs. So for me, you know, my best advice of everyone is to already think about the location-dependent lifestyle. Uh, so whatever business you, you build, 
before you do it, you know, have that in mind that once this is up and running and sure, you know, it might take you two months of hard work of working 40 hours a week, you know, to get it up and running and to start making sales and start making income from it. But from day one, have it in your mind that this is going to become semi-passive. This is going to become hands-off. So you will have the freedom to travel. Uh, if you want to know, you know, more about how I did it, you know, I've, I've written two books uh, about the subject. The first is called 12 Weeks in Thailand, The Good Life and the Cheap, which talks about, you know, how I managed the courage to quit my job, how I answered all those hard, difficult questions about, you know, um, what I'm going to do about my family and how they're going to accept it, how my friends and family accept this new life. Uh, and also I talk about, you know, just just living in Thailand on the cheap and, and really enjoying that lifestyle of it. Uh, my second book is called Life Changes Quick, where that is the start of my digital nomad journey. Uh, that is how I got my health and my fitness in order and started you know, really setting and achieving goals, uh, not only with just the, the lifestyle portion of it, but also how I built my store uh, and how I went from pretty much having $200 in the bank to having uh, 30000 uh, saved up. And what's really exciting is uh, now, uh, if you guys follow my blog, johnnyfd.com, I've been posting my income reports every month. And you can see not only do I have my dropshipping stores, uh, which still make me quite a bit of money. I think I made 7500 in profit from it last month, so I'm pretty happy with that. But now I also have six other income streams. So it all added up to my biggest month ever last month, which was I think it was 22000 in profit which I never thought I was going to make in a month. I mean, I, I honestly would have been happy making that in a year. So if you guys want to follow that journey, just check out the blog. Hopefully it'll continue to increase, but you know, who knows? This is a crazy lifestyle we live. <laughs> That's so exciting. Congratulations, Johnny. Um, so just, just to recap everything that we've kind of discussed during this interview, uh, one, eliminate anything that's unnecessary, all the things are holding you back. Uh, two, realize that when you take huge life-changing risks, you still have options even if the worst thing happens. You can always borrow money if you need to. Three, just start taking baby steps to level up and build up your confidence. Four, start dropshipping as the lowest maintenance type of online business. You can check out antonmethod.com for a blueprint for that. Five, move to Chiang Mai where you can live cheap and be surrounded by other digital nomads. Uh, six, enjoy your freedom and your awesome lifestyle. And then seven, Check out Johnny's blog, podcast, and his books for helpful resources along the way. We're going to put links in the show notes. Johnny, thank you so much. You really killed it with this interview and delivered so much value. Hey, Daddy, I really appreciate it. And everyone listening, take action. Uh, don't, don't just listen to this and, and daydream at your job and go back to whatever you're doing. Take action. Go to the show notes. Check out the links. And hopefully I'll see you guys out in Chiang Mai or maybe even out here on safari in Africa. <laughs> it's been great, Johnny. Thank you so much. All right. See you, Daddy. Take care.